0: Welcome to the Nerd Stalgic Podcast with your host, the Ginger Bookworm. Nerd with the with the Howdy, Beans, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Nerd Podcast with your host, Luke. Me, the human. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're good as per usual. Today is going to be another side quest episode where I break down um, small little bits, small little um, topics instead of big long form episodes. It's going to be very shorter. Uh, and today we're going to be looking at the Doctor Who novel, The Feast of the Drowned by Stephen Cole. Uh, but before we get into that, one thing I want to say quickly, a bit of business, a bit of um, housekeeping, uh, make sure that you follow me on Twitter at nerdsagic pod to keep up to date on everything and anything that I'm doing. Also, if you listen to this on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment and subscribe and all that jazz. I appreciate it greatly. So, uh, as I said, today we're going to be looking at another Doctor Who novel. This is a... Um, continuation of a series that I'm currently doing for anybody who didn't uh, listen to my Stone Rose review, uh, which was the first uh, book for the Ten and Rose series um, that, they, that the BBC did. If you haven't listened to that one, go check what, that one out. But in that episode, I basically uh, announced that I'm going to be looking at all of the Ten and Rose uh, Doctor Who novels. And then at the end of it, I'm going to review the whole first season of doctor or, not, or second season of doctor who when david Tennant first arrives and when rose leaves at the end of that season right so that's going to be a, an interesting journey this is book two in that in that series but there are other books um, i've read all of um christopher eccleston all of the ninth doctor and rose books i didn't really review them but i did do it's my 10th episode back in season one so if you haven't checked that one go check that one out but in that one i i review all of the um nine and rose books as well as a deep dive into season one and the revival series so again if you haven't checked that one out please go back and check it out i had a great time making it um so Today, as I said, The Feast of the, Down, of the Drowned by Stephen Cole is our next one we're going to be looking into. So, um, where was I? Right, <laughs> looking at my notes. Right, so I'm going to read you the blurb for this book to get you into it. So, I'll <clears throat> get my announcer voice into it. So, here we go. When a naval cruiser sinks in mysterious circumstances in the North Sea, all aboard are lost. Rose is saddened to learn that the brother of her friend, Keisha, was among the dead, and yet he appears to them as a ghostly apparition, begging to be saved from the coming feast. The Feast of the Drowned. As the dead crew haunt loved ones all over London, the Doctor and Rose are drawn into a chilling mystery. What sank the ship and why? One, when the cruiser's wreckage was towed up the Thames, what sinister force came with it? The river's dark waters are hiding an even darker secret as preparations for the feast near their conclusion. Ooh, very spooky. This is a very spooky book. It's a very creepy, very sort of spine-chilling uh, book. There are moments where, again, I'll get into this in the review, but there are moments where like, it felt like Stephen King's It. You know, obviously, a lot more tame than Pennywise and It and all that, but it's very much of We All Float Down Here. Again, I'll get into that when I get into the review, but there are a, a very creepy moments in this book. Um, so that is a, a brief read of the blurb. To give you a brief, a brief idea of the plot, I'm only going to read you uh, a little bit, a sort of bit synopsis of, of the actual plot itself. Um, so Rose is comforting her friend Keisha. Uh, whose brother Jay is missing in action after the sinking of the HMS Ascendant, uh, which has been towed up the Thames in pieces. Rose drags the Doctor along and he asks what Jay did on the ship before deciding to go out for chips and a newspaper to wrap them in. Uh, After he leaves, Jay's soaked and shivering ghost appears to Keisha and Rose. He talks to Keisha first, telling her to come to him before the feast and asks Rose to come too. Then he melts away into a puddle, which also disappears, The Doctor returns and tells them about people fainting in the newsagents. The Doctor and Rose discuss what she saw, and the Doctor says they should go to Mickey's and see what they can find out on the internet. Mickey has already done the research and gives them his printouts. They find that the ship has been brought to Stachon House and that people are going missing near the part of the Thames where it is being located. Dun, dun, dun. It's Very creepy. Very spooky. Um, Also got a bit of uh, continuity, things I notice in this book that I wanted to mention. Um, So this book might take place after Tooth and Claw uh, because the doctor tells Rose um, in the book that humans are big sacks of water. And Rose replies by saying, "I remember you saying something like that." Um, in Tooth and Claw, he tells her that you're seventy percent water and can still drown. Um, in response to using the moonlight to stop the werewolf, so that's quite interesting. Uh, I think it, like I, said, I I think it would say it would come after Tooth and Claw because of that um, quote. Um, when Rose asks the doctor if they can try to find out what happened when the, with, with the ascendant, um, he agrees, and she replies, "I never knew. My wish really is your command," which echoes a line in Father's Day, uh, where the doctor says, "Your wish is my command." Uh, the doctor is now available, uh, now able to resonate concrete uh, several times in this book, um, even though he seems to have trouble with it in The Doctor Dances. Um, I think in hindsight, I think the reason for this is the fact of if you remember the 50th anniversary where we got the War Doctor, we got Matt Smith as well as David Tennant came back. They couldn't resonate wood. That's one thing that the, the sonic screwdriver couldn't do. It couldn't resonate wood. Um, but they eventually figured out that if the War Doctor, because they all have the same sort of sonic, if the War Doctor um, tries to resonate the wood to try and break the lock so open the door... If you can do that, then over the years, over the centuries, the calculations um in the Sonic screwdriver will eventually be completed by the time we get to Matt Smith. And they figure out, oh, it's a brilliant moment. It's it's really really I'm like I'm I'm not doing a good job of describing it. I'm basically giving the layman's terms of what happens. But it's a very good scene. And then Matt Smith, he does the door and it opens. Oh, we're very smart, aren't we? Um and I, I, that's the sort of explanation for that. And I feel like that is the kind of the reason why now the Doctor can resonate concrete, is the fact of his ninth iteration tried to resonate. Uh, the data for that went into the science screwdriver. He never tried it again. The calculations were being run in the screwdriver. And eventually, by the time we get to uh, David Tennant's 10th Doctor in the book, where he is on his adventures um the calculations is complete and then he can now resonate concrete and he he does he he blows them apart it's like a big like he, he does it and they just blow open like there's an explosion um, so i i thought that was a really cool um thing then uh, there was another one where the doctor says a word i shall never hope never shall hopefully never use again which is similar to his line correct amundo a word i have never used before and hopefully uh, never will again in school reunion and then, which I think comes after Tooth and Claw, which is where we meet Sarah Jane. Um, so it's in between, I would say it's probably after Tooth and Claw, maybe after school reunion as well. Um, at the start, probably even potentially after school reunion, because they're still in London at that time. Um, at the start of the chapter, uh, chapter 15, uh, Kepler says, We're going to need Touchwood, referring to uh, obviously the Touchwood story arc. <laughs> uh, the Doctor uses his alias, John Smith, uh, for, for the first time um, in this novel. Uh, there are references to the events of the episode Aliens of London, specifically Rose's disappearance. This, blo- this book explores what happened during that time. Um, and obviously the, the audio book is read by uh, David Tennant, which I just thought I'd add that in because I didn't listen to the audio book. But if anybody's interested who's listening, you can get all these an audio book and DV- an audio DVD. Uh, David Tennant does, does, uh, does narrate, I think, the first two or three books um, in the series. So those are the continuity um, notes that I, I wrote down that I noticed. There might be more, there might be less. Um, but yeah, this introduction not going to be a very long one. The introduction for the, for the Stone Rose was longer because I, obviously I had to explain and properly introduce um, the series I had planned and the whole adventure that we're going to be going on with these books. Um, but that is, that's it for... The introduction off to the review now uh, this book is very creepy and i'm really really looking forward to getting into it so without further ado let's get into the book review shall we just wow Like uh, this this book is fantastic it, it is monumentally great like Stephen Cole really did a good job and to my Stephen Cole has done a good job with a lot of uh the books that he's written especially with Doctor Who uh he wrote one or two books uh for the um nine and ten run and they were incredible Um uh, but he really pushes the forefront the medium to a new level here yeah. really really does um this is one of those stories i wish was made into an episode because of its subject matter and, and how far it goes and how far it pushes the medium but you know it might be a bit too scary uh, for the audience um, and i think probably the budget would be a bit too high as well but that being said it's that good it's that well written and it's that interesting and it's that complex which i I won't get into spoilers here um because I want you to read this book for yourself, but um there are a lot of things in this that just just left me like uneasy in a good way uh, it spooked me, gave me goose flesh, creeped me out um surprised me shocked me i like i generally most of the time with Doctor Who novels, even with the show as well there's many times where even when the Doctor is up against the wall, you know that he always has a plan. That you know he'll always get out of it. That he always... He's like, he's like Columbo. He's 10, 20 steps ahead of everybody. He knows what's going to happen. He knows how it's going to play out. He's playing dumb until the last minute. till he comes like, ah, I actually know what to do. He saves the day. And, you know, we all go off happy back in the TARDIS. And we go for the next adventure. Um, but for this, all the way through... I had no idea if the doctor actually knew what he was doing. And there were many times where he questioned himself. Like, I, I don't know. All I know is I'm going to keep going until I can't keep going. And that's just incredible because it shows a new light of the doctor. It shows a new side of the doctor that you don't really see much. A doctor who doesn't actually know what he's doing, who's admitted he doesn't know what he's doing, but he's going to keep trying because that's what the doctor does. He's not going to give up. He's not going to stop. The doctor keeps going no matter what. And that's why, you know, we all love the doctor. And that's why we, um, a lot of people, connect to the doctor because he gives us that idea that if, if he can do it, then we can do it and we should keep going no matter what, no matter the odds, we should keep pushing. You know, it is it's very sort of wonderful message that Doctor Who overall. Um but yeah I, I do wish this story was made to an episode, but I you know couldn't understand why it wasn't, uh, because of how far it goes actually into like Lovecraftian and very sort of spooky. Probably even though that Doctor Who made Blink, which I would say is one of the best and scariest Doctor Who episodes I've ever seen, the Weeping Angels scared the crap out of me. Absolutely terrified me. It's one of the best episodes they ever did, and it doesn't even have the Doctor in it. Um, this would end up being one of those, just because of what happens in it and what happens to certain characters in it, and and how they are changed. And again, without going spoilers, but there are a lot of things in this book that's very Lovecraftian, very sort of like very Stephen King of like, whoa, okay, this is pushing the limit to to it. But I'll get into that all properly. Um, like I say, it's really int- a really interesting plot really really fascinating uh very creepy uh, especially the new enemies that bring in because at first you don't really understand as to why um jay who comes back he, he like at the, the book starts with so you're on the ascendant you're on the ship and there's a big sort of storm and all of a sudden the ship's sinking the ship's going down it's being attacked it's being ripped it's being ripped apart um water's going everywhere people are jumping overboard and jay he's, he's on sort of i'm I think the the after starboard, the right or left side. I'm not, I'm not a sailor, so I don't know the lingo. Um, but basically, he's on top of the ship. He jumps off to safety as the ship's going down, and he thinks he's fine, like he's floating. All of a sudden, something grabs his leg and just pulls him under. And the next thing you know, he appears to his sister in a ghostly apparition sort of form, wet, drenched, uh, these very sort of um, silvery eyes that are like very moon glazed eyes. Very much the fact of he has he's he's got dead dead lifeless eyes but he's smiling he's happy and he's drooling water and, and what's coming out of his nose and his hair's all wet, his body's wet and he's very calmly very like come save me come help me i need you keisha come come to me that's how much i i sort of heard it in my in my head and then he notices rose roses with keisha as well because rose and keisha are old friends rose is, is there to kind of uh connect to her kind of like console her be there for as as a good friend is um and then when he notices rose he's like ah rose come save me come help me and then that sort of leads the adventure it's very creepy it's very spooky and it happens a lot of times in the story where jay will appear to keisha he'll appear to rose um and then you have other sailors people that are on the ship will start to um, meet and say, come save me, come help me. So people are rushing down to the Thames, people are jumping into the Thames, people are drowning in the Thames because once they jump in, these creatures are grabbing them, pulling them down and drowning them. And then they're appearing to their loved ones. And it's like, you can imagine, you know somebody, you know somebody who knows somebody, eventually you'll have somebody who appear to you and it'll be like, come save me, come help me, come to the Thames. I'm being, you know, come get me before the feast begins, and it's it's all a law to get people to go in to drown themselves in the Thames. It's 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 nuts. This whole story is in, insane. It's creepy. Like again, I'd love it as an episode. I can understand why they wouldn't do it because it is just absolutely like mass suicide and drowning and very spooky very creepy like it's it's a lot and I think it'd be too much for uh, the audience at like an 8 or 9 o'clock uh, viewing time um, but you know this is why I love this medium this is why I love the novels because they really push the medium they push the story of Doctor Who to the limits and it's not just Doctor Who it's like when I, I read sort of the X-Files books or when I read the Star Wars books or video game novels and that sort of things I've said it many times before, and I ain't going to rehash it here fully. But if you're going to do a novel over an existing IP, it should, it should bolster up what's already there, and it should push the medium further. It should go in a direction. It should not be safe. It should go somewhere new. It should try something different. It should go, um, be creepy, be dark, or be funny, be comical, if you know, or try something new. And this book is one of those where it do, it really does push it to the limit, and it allows the author not, not just steven cole but other authors to really be brave to be bold to to try something new uh you know to to be dark to be spooky to do what the show can't do you know i'm not saying that doctor who in, in itself is not spooky not creepy daleks are, are terrifying uh, Cybermen are lifeless husks of, of what once were people you know you have um Again, the Weeping Angels, Very, it's a new sort of monster, new creature, but even so, very, very terrifying. Doctor Who can be scary, and it has been scary in the past. It has been very spooky. Uh, even the Sarah Jane adventures was very spooky. You know, one of the episodes that I refuse to watch is the one with the uh, clown. I can't remember the name of the clown, but uh, it was horrible. Uh, absolutely terrifying, that episode. But again, the medium... In terms of what you see on the TV, they have pushed it and they have gone far and they have tried new things and they have been creepy and been very dark. Um, But I feel like in the books, again, wonderful things about reading literature is the fact of because your imagination just runs wild, especially if you're interested or invested in the subject matter already, that it really can pull you in and get you sort of to the point where you're like, you know, your brain starts going crazy, start imagining things and you start seeing uh, things more clearly. You can visualize things. And again, everybody's brains is different. People will see some things differently. But the medium just allows you just to st- your imagination to run more wild than it would if you was to watch it on the screen. Um and I love that. Like I said, the the new enemy, like I, I, again, I don't really want to spoil them because it is a bit of a surprise, it's a bit of a twist. But it is a brand new enemy. It's not an enemy that you know that we know of before. It's a brand new sort of enemy, um, and the whole twist and how they uh, are getting these people that have died to appear and how that works. Again, it's all part of the story, so I don't really want to spoil it. Um, but it already links in. It's all proper huge tons of uh, emotional imip- uh, manipulation, using love and, uh, and manipulating that and losing people's feelings and this whole idea of what the feast is and what they want to do with the feast. And it's very much water manipulation. It's very, very fascinating. It, it's something that um, is very in- inertly Doctor Who but also fantastically sci-fi. But it's very grounded because, again, we're on Earth. Uh, it, it not just involves Mi- uh, Mickey. It not just involves um, Rose, but uh, you have Keisha's family as well. You have Jackie. You have everybody in London who's infected by this. So it's not just these people together who happen to like be involved and nobody else is none the wiser. Like This is very much the fact of everybody's involved and there's even a message i didn't put it in my notes for the continuity but i've just remembered there's even a moment in this book where they mentioned the cuz at the beginning of uh, the second season when the uh, which was a christmas special where we first meet david Hennett's doctor um you have the um the is it the straxey I think it's Uh, the the, the, Basically, the people that come down, they use blood. And it's like voodoo, blood magic. And it's an idea that we can get people with a certain blood type to stand on the roof. We press a button and they'll all jump off, right? That is actually mentioned here in the book. I think one of the police officers says, oh, it's just like in Christmas when you had all those loonies get up on the roof and threaten to jump off. It was it very much, uh, in the way it links into this story, it's very much a connection to what it's like here, where people are being used, manipulated through their emotions to jump into the Thames, to drown themselves, to be with their loved ones. Um, again, very much out there, very creepy, very, very spooky. Um but again, it allows the authors to. This medium allows them to be dark, to be spooky, to do what the show can't do. Um, there's also hints in this book of the Time Lord victorious. There is a, there is a exp, excerpt of the book that I want to read to you. It's page one hundred and eighty. Uh, no real spoilers in this, but it's to kind of give you an idea and give you a sense. Um, it's just the one page, but it's, it's to give you a sense of the Time Lord Victorious, this early on in his adventures and the type of the Doctor that the Tenth Doctor was, the ego that the Tenth Doctor had, and that he, how he thought he was better than everybody and he was the best, he was the winner, he was the survivor. you know. And, and he even says in that quote, he's like, all this time I've wondered who I was and what I was doing and I finally figured it out. And this is him leading, in a way, of learning who he is and what type of person he is and what kind of Doctor he is. So he um, goes, yes, I saw Rose, too, was all the doctor would say. Uh, he strode through the walkways of the estate with a look in his dark eyes that said, do not mess. Mickey could hardly keep up with him. We've got to go to her, said Keisha. She's right. Rose needs us, says Mickey. Now we can't muck about. The doctor didn't break his step, didn't turn. Shut up, he said she's in danger like Jay Keisha insisted we have to go before the feast shut up shut up shut up the doctor whirled on one heel around on on them both this whole planet could be in danger do you think I don't want to go jumping into the Thames after Rose do you think I don't want to he pinched the bridge of his nose closed his eyes trying to get a hold of himself do I want to and I didn't even see her clearly my senses are going, are about a thousand times smarter than yours. These creatures haven't got the measure of me yet, haven't learned how to press all my buttons, but they're having a damned good go. His eyes snapped open, urgent and soulful. Now listen to me, both of you. You know that those critters in the river are fishing for humans, and they're not throwing them back. Knowing that is making it easy for your brains to fight against the alien effect. So keep reminding yourself of what you saw back at Vida's office. Don't trust the voices in your head. Don't trust those images of Rose. Trust me. Mickey considered, what are you going to do? First of all, you're both going to help me fight a dragon. So that is a bit of an expert. That's to kind of give you an idea of the time of the victorious, how... The Doctor is not to be messed with. And you don't mess with the Doctor anyway. Anybody messes with the Doctor, especially messes with the Doctor and his friends, it's not a good uh, idea for anybody at all. Um, But especially the Tenth Doctor, he was very much of the the cut of the sail, shall we say, of like, don't mess with me. I will ruin you. I will destroy you. And it, you even get hints of that in Matt Smith. You get hints of that in Peter Capaldi. I would say even far, you get a few hints of that um, with Jodie Whittaker. That very much it kind of from David, like even, well, you had it with Christopher Eccleston, but this new run, I, I've I've noticed myself as being a Doctor Who fan from Christopher Eccleston all the way up to Jodie and maybe even potentially in Shooty as well um, when we when he comes back. But it was very much the fact of these Doctors again because they've been through the time war again this is my opinion this is my interpretation are very dark you know they're a lot like they have their light height moments and they have their jokey sort of clown moments and that sort of thing but they're very much of like when the push comes to shove when the backs against the wall i'm like a rabid dog i'm like a rabid animal i'm going to lash out you ain't going to want me want to be in my firing line when i break out you know and you get it with the 10th Doctor. You get it with Matt Smith. You get it with Capaldi. Um, one of my favorites with Capaldi is when he's with Ashore, And uh, he want, he's basically saying to bring uh, Clara back. And she's like, I can't. I'm like, you can and you will. Uh, because I will bring hell down. I will destroy you. It's one of Capaldi's best sort of monologues. But he basically says I will destroy you. And I will take this whole town with you. Um, and I will get everybody. I'll get the Daleks on you. I'll get the Cybermen. I'll get you in it. I'll, I'll get everybody. Right. But that doesn't matter because you're dealing with me now. I'm basically paraphrasing what he says, but yeah, it's, it's very terrifying. You can tell on Ashur's face, like she's terrified. Like doctor, you can't do this. He's like, I can, and I will. Don't mess with me. Um And I love that darkness of the doctor. I love how far the, the idea of the doctor being pushed to the limit can go. And in this, like he rose, up until this point um you know she's gone he can't find her he wants to get her back um and he doesn't know what to do and he's he's scared he's worried so he's got to the point was like they're pushing my buttons and they're about at a limit to see how far uh, how far i'll be nice until i eventually lash out um and yeah it's just hints of time Lord victorious very much of that very dark very sort of powerful doctor who will move heaven and earth um to get what he needs and to get what he wants and if you're in his way good luck to you because he ain't gonna last very long um and i love that i love how that idea of a sort of time of victorious doctor now who's to say that um russell t davis um had actually sort of had an idea for that this early on i don't know it's just my interpretations of it but it, it feels very timely victorishy um to me which is interesting because again it's this early on in his, in his adventure so it's very very fascinating um there were many goose flesh moments um in this book uh, with hints like i said of stephen king's it are uh, very much of yule float too um also very lovecraftian hp lovecraft vibes as well with the creature designs how the creatures look um and how um they when they take people that have drowned in the thames how they manipulate them how they change them what they do to them um i don't again I don't want to get spoilers but it's it's very lovecraftian very sort of horror ish sort of what happens to a lot of, like jay and all the other people that are on the ship as well as all the people that jumped in the thames after the people in the ship you know so it, very 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 creepy um and one thing i i, I want to sort of mention as, as as we get to wrap it up um, and as i've mentioned it loads of times obviously this book is very creepy but there's very much a sense and you might have you might feel the same you might not if you've read this book or um you want to read it um for me very much i always felt very uneasy with this book especially as it started to get going i felt very uneasy with the story um Even when all the pieces came together, when I I realized the twists and I realized what was going to happen and the doctor's next move, um, I was still very uneasy. And I was very much unsure because I didn't know if the doctor was going to win. Because, again, there are many moments in this book where the doctor's like, "I, I don't like he doesn't say I don't know. But you can tell the doctors very much the fact of I'm not sure I'm just going to keep going until I die or I solve this problem um all i know is that i'm going to stop these creatures and i'm going to try my best to save the day and save as many people as possible as the doctor does anyway um very uneasy because it's weird again it's wonderful to see and it's interesting but it's weird to see the doctor have no idea what to do you know it's it's very strange when you get a doctor where he's like "I, i don't know and you do see it sometimes in the show but it's not as common. Usually the doctor, again, like Columbo, he always knows what to do. Um, so it's very uneasy there, but also it's very uneasy because it's very creepy. It's very spooky. It's very much of like when, you know, you have you have ghosts that appear, these apparitions that are like of a little Victorian boy and a little Victorian woman that have, that have been dead and drowned for that long, that their apparitions are a lot more sort of mutated, a lot sort of different, a lot sort of ghastly and horrible and deformed and ick, you know. Um and then you have pirates and you it's very the fogs like I was getting ideas of, of like James Herbert's the fog. You have these pirates that are drowned and you you got all different types of sailors. There's even a U boat captain at one stage who appears, you know, it's, it's very much like I, I just feel very uneasy. Like I'm enjoying it, but I'm uneasy because I'm reading a horror that was but I wasn't expecting a horror. I wasn't expecting this level of of spookiness. Now I'm not saying it's terrifying. I'm not saying like if you don't like horror, horror movies or horror novels, uh this is not for you. Um I'm just saying that it is very uneasy unsettling in a good way. Um and I enjoyed that. And even you know when the it, I didn't feel calm until you know the day was saved the the enemy had been vanquished everybody who had um you know, everybody, everybody, you know, all was well. Another day saved. And the doctor went off with Rose, went to the TARDIS. It wasn't until that moment where, like, they went to the TARDIS, and went for the next adventure, that I was like, oh, I can breathe now. All is well. Another day saved. All good. Top banana. You know what I mean? Um, but up until then, I was very much uneasy. Very much so. But I loved it. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, Stephen Cole, he knocked us out of the park. Um, if I had to give this a rating out of five stars, I'd give it a four for great um i was thinking generally about having it like as a five but i thought that might it, it's it's incredible it really, really is i just wish it was longer that's my only wish is the fact that this book is only uh hold on it is it is 249 pages um i just wish it was a bit longer because i just wanted to be on that I love horror. I love the horror genre, and I I love sort of horror, spooky, creepy sort of books, thrillers. Um, and I was that invested that I just wanted to go on just a little bit longer. I wanted to be um, in that moment, in that pocket, in that pocket of of adrenaline and, and uneasiness and unsettlers just a little bit longer. I wanted to be. It sounds a bit crazy, but I wanted to be beating up a bit more. I wanted to be a a, a couple more punches in, you know, to really sort of like hound home how um evil and uh defiant and uh disgusting and mutated and creepy this enemy was and this threat that the doctor had to deal with um so a couple of pages a bit longer you know maybe expanded on it a little bit more uh i would definitely have been here for it but as a small sort of concise sort of novelty that is under 300 pages under 100 or 250 pages just by one page um it does a fantastic job. The Feast of the Drowned. Outstanding. Very, very outstanding book. Four out of five stars. Maybe even a 4.5 if I'm being generous. Um, highly recommend this one. I really, really do. Uh, especially if you love your horror. If you love your sort of spooky, creepy sort of vibes. Um, and you love Doctor Who. This one is definitely for you. So that is my review of The Feast of the D- of the Drowned by Stephen Cole. Uh, what do you think? Uh, did you like it? Did you not like it? Please uh, do let me know on Twitter at nerdstagic underscore pod. Um, also, uh, if you listen to this on YouTube, again, write down in the comments, if you like this book or if you've read any of the other Doctor Who novels, or if you want, if I've inspired you to read any Doctor Who novels, anything, anything, anything any sort of feedback, please do let me know. Uh, if you're not following me on, on YouTube, it's the Nerd strategic podcast and you can find me uh, there. Um, also, you can find the Nurse Edge Podcast basically everywhere and anywhere that you can find podcasts. The only place you won't find me is Apple Podcasts, but apart from that, I'm everywhere else. Um, I'm also on Audible, um, so if you're on Audible, check me out there. And. Um yeah, that oh, actually, no, one more thing. If you listen to this on Spotify, uh, don't forget to give me a, a star rating one to five stars. Uh, five stars, best thing you've in your life. You absolutely love Doctor Who just as much as I do. Five stars, or one star, you're not much of a Doctor Who fan, um, or you just completely disagree with my thoughts and feelings on this book. Whatever you feel like is fair, one to five stars, uh, it, it means a, a lot to me immensely. And, um, yeah, so. That has been another book review uh, by me. So, I really, really hope you enjoy it. I hope you really liked it. And I will see you in the next one. So, you've been listening to the Nerd Stargate podcast. I've been your host, Luke the Human. And as always, bye-bye.